Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast, actionable information for industry leaders. I'm Tony Uphoff. While company culture might seem like a buzzword in today's industrial sector, recent Gallup data suggests companies that prioritize building a strong company culture by hiring, training, and retaining key talent drive 33% more revenue than businesses that ignore their company culture. In fact, our guest today says that if business leaders want to attract high-level talent in today's competitive industrial job market, company culture has to be the most important piece they're working on every single day. Today, we're joined by Tracy Tenpenny, who was recognized as a 2019 Thomas Champion for Industry for his focus on company culture in his role as Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Tailored Label Products. Tailored Label Products, which you'll hear Tracy often refer to as TLP, is a custom adhesive and label company headquartered in Wisconsin. In today's episode, our talent acquisition specialist here at Thomas, Sam Schloss, sits down with Tracy to discuss how to attract, recruit, and retain top talent at your industrial business by fostering collaboration and building a strong company culture across a multi-generational workforce. They'll also talk about what Tracy says is one of the most important elements of an effective company culture, trust, and how being transparent with your employees can help you earn that trust with your team. I'll let Sam take it from here. What did your career path in industry look like? So my career path, actually, I started, I've been in the label industry my entire life. So I've been in manufacturing my whole life. My dad was a forklift truck operator. Uh, my mother was in sales and labels and in high school looking for a summer job. And I was put in the finishing department. So, you know, I just did odd jobs there. And when I graduated from college, I ended up taking a job in sales in the label industry. And the one thing that I'll say about label manufacturing is it's one of those things where I'll say to the young individuals that were hiring, don't judge a book by its cover because oftentimes the label uh, industry is not viewed as flashy, right? You know, it's manufacturing. And then they get inside it and realize how very complex it is. To them, that's very intriguing because they like to be challenged. And so that really uh, resonated with me back then too, because I loved it. You know, there's a ton of science involved when it comes to the label manufacturing side of things. So from there, you know, I worked for a small label manufacturer for five years, and then I was getting the corporate itch. And so I ended up going to a large company called Bonta Corporation, and I was with them for six years. And in the process, I uh, had pitched a business concept to the uh, general manager there. And uh, one of the other individuals at Bonta Corporation loved the idea too. And the corporation wasn't interested. So him and I started our own company. And we were doing that for two years. And then Tailored Label Products, the company I'm with now, they were quickly becoming a large customer of ours. And one day, the owner and the president approached us and said, hey, we're looking for a succession plan. Would you be interested in merging the two companies together? So we ended up merging the two companies together. And uh, my partner at the time, he's now the president and CEO, and I'm the head of sales and marketing. And 
We're both part owners of the company, and this is where we are today. You know, 15 years we've been here. Wow. It's been an an awesome ride. I'm not going to lie. I love that. And that's an incredible journey that you've taken on, Tracy, and congratulations to all your success leading up to this point. You know, it's an interesting point that you bring up earlier about the flashy name in the industry, but like you said, the, the internal complexities of the real value that you provide to manufacturers and to industry clients in general. And I, I take that with me throughout my conversations with candidates for Thomas, because you know we may not be at Google or, or a Twitter or Facebook, but the value and purpose of our company is something that should not be understated. And the true importance of what we can provide to industry clients is a kind of behind the scenes importance to the American manufacturing sector. Really interested to know in terms of how the company has progressed over time since you've been there from a culture standpoint. Have you seen a change in company culture over that 15-year period? I I noticed that you are someone who likes to advertise that you're there to support the families, not just the people who work for the company, but the families themselves. Has that always been a value of the company itself, or is that something that's been transitioned into over time? I would say that 15 years ago, it was much like many of the manufacturers or companies that we see today where they say one thing, but they're really doing another. And Mm -hmm. in that time, we have really transitioned from saying what we truly believe and actually acting on it. You know, we have made culture literally the main pillar of our being here at TLP. And that has taken years to build. And in that process, you recognize individuals that are not going to embrace that. And you have to move on, even if they were really important. But you can't have a successful organization if you don't have people believing in the people within the organization. And we've taken that to heart. You know, one of the things we'll tell candidates when we're interviewing them, it doesn't matter if you're the most talented or the most skilled individual that we've interviewed, but if you're not a cultural match, we're not going to hire you. So when we interview people, they're interviewing probably with five, six, eight different people. And uh, we all get back to each other and we'll talk, you know, how do we think this person will work with the rest of our team? Are they an I person or are they a we person? Because you can't have collaboration with I individuals. It's a great point you bring up because a key aspect of our account executives when we bring them on board is is their coachability. How open-minded are they? How willing are they to work with others instead of just bringing their, hey, I have 10 to 15 years of experience. I know what I'm doing. I'll come into the business and make my impact. That's not at all what we're looking for. You could have sold millions of dollars, but if you're not willing to come in and collaborate, like you had mentioned, and work together as a team, there's no long-term potential to work with us. And Culture can mean a lot of things to people. It can mean benefits. It can mean attitude towards the business. It can mean the mission and values. What does culture mean to you, Tracy? And why do you think culture is so important to an industrial business such as yours? If you desire to attract high-level talent today, this has to be the most important piece that you're working on every single day. People want a purpose, they want to contribute, they want to grow professionally, and they want to be a part of a team that is positive and not negative. And Mm -hmm. like I had said before, everything I'm saying right now is not new to anybody. This is not earth-shattering information. People know this, but we consistently see people verbalizing their cultural statements 
yet they're not acting on them. And the challenge with that is that you break the most important trait in the chain of cultural characteristics, which is trust. If you're saying one thing and doing another, how can they possibly trust anything else that you're going to say, whether it's a performance metrics, or if you're talking about accountability or personal development, how can they trust that you're going to help them develop as an individual when they're not even following through on some of these core beliefs that they're stating? And you also mentioned, and I think it's a great quote, Tracy, that when you're dealing with culture, that's not something that happens overnight. I I could not resonate more with that. It's not something that you can flip a switch on and say, hey, our culture is great. It's something that needs to be continuously worked upon. And personal development and professional development, I always hear in phone calls with candidates, is, is one of the most important aspects of the business because they want to feel an investment they're making in the company and vice versa. The first few weeks on the job, is the moment when a candidate will say, did I make the right decision? Did I make the right decision to come to work for this company? Am I putting the right investment in my time to to prosper and grow with this company? How important do you find onboarding to be for your employees? That's something that I'm always interested in talking about because I know that it starts from the application and ends with the 90-day period in the company, what does your company do at least to try and make the onboarding process as positive as possible for these new hires coming into the company? That's a, a great question because I do think companies absolutely overlook that. They're hired. Now let's get them into their new role and start the training process. Uh, when we hire somebody, we actually have an onboarding process where we put together a video to, and it's an onboarding video for them to watch and get to see all the things that go on behind the four walls we have. Having them really understand the true depth and how much time and effort we put into our culture. The the reward system that we have in place where we have performance metrics and we're rewarding employees, the entire organization, we have a profit sharing program. We have a three by three program where the whole idea is that you know how to do three other jobs around you so we can be flexible, you know, and that's part of personal development and adding value for uh, somebody trying to grow. We have programs that help pay for individuals wanting to continue their education. We're very involved in the community, our our environmental footprint. We're constantly working on, you know, these are pieces uh, depending on the generation that you're hiring are very important too, but we do it across the board. It's not that we're sitting here trying to appeal to just one generation. You know, this has to be a complete body of work when we put all this together. Uh, we go around and we introduce them to every single employee within the organization when they're in the onboarding process as well. I completely agree with that process and getting them assimilated and making sure all members of the organization are aware of who's coming in to feel that welcoming and involvement in the culture from day one. And you mentioned this earlier with multiple generations working in under one roof. What advice would you give an employer on helping manage two very different generations on the same plane? You know, onboarding a boomer versus onboarding a millennial. Honestly, I would say that we don't vary that process. You know, if it's a boomer or a millennial, we're very consistent with our onboarding process, regardless of age. Um, everything is centered around working together and how can we help everybody else, not yourself. The whole idea is if, if you're selfless, you will be successful. 
right? Those are the people that everybody rallies around. The consistency of what culture you're trying to strive for is what should be staying consistent. And there's no reason to cater. You know, to add on to that, what do you think are some characteristics that an industrial business culture should strive to achieve? I touched on the first one before, which I said was number one, uh, developing a sense of trust. Uh, The second one would be creative or innovative. That sounds very simple, but by its very nature and the cross blend of generations, that can be challenging. You know, the one thing you'll find with the millennial generation is they're extremely collaborative, right? Where you'll find oftentimes, and I'm generalizing, right? Oftentimes you'll find the boomers to be very horizontal in that area where uh, no, there's a higher level of thinkers here, and we're going to do the creating and the innovating and getting them to to work together. And I think the benefit the millennials have is that they are very collaborative. They're not sitting there trying to figure out how I'm going to take their job. And I took I think that took a few years for the boomers and the Xers to actually kind of realize that they're actually interested in trying to help everybody win. You know, and I I think part of that disparity happened because you had a bit of that between the Xers and the boomers. And then the assumption was, well, then so are the millennials, right? And and it's true. And and I would say we've also found with the, the millennials as well that many of them don't like being labeled millennials. They're like, you know what? I work hard. I don't want to be classified as a millennial who's in the world's eyes has been viewed as lazy what i will say the millennials we have here they work flipping hard it is interesting to see how there there can be these perceptions based off of different generational differences and what we look for like you said generations and millennials they look for purpose and value in their work and they look for feedback and that's some of the key components to what we strive for. And every generation wants something different out of their employer. It's, it's, it's very interesting. For sure. And then like other yeah. characteristics uh, would be like personal development, following up on the personal mm-hmm. development, because people want personal growth, being consistent with our expectations. Basically, you know, we have this program, it's called EOS. It's the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And we implemented that several years ago. And we literally shut the entire company down and had the entire company go through this. It's awesome. So even if you're a new hire, that week in your department, you are going to be a part of a meeting. And in that meeting, you're going to hear the performance metrics, how we're doing. Every individual has personal action items. How are they doing on their personal action item? Because you know you have these quarterly action items that need to be accomplished. And if it's not being accomplished, we want to know why. And then there are departmental highlights, employee updates, you know, what new customers have we brought on in the last week? And then short-term issues that we see in every, every one of these, these, these issues that are assigned to an individual. And it doesn't mean that that individual has to execute what that issue is. Their job is to report back on, okay, this is what we're doing to try and fix this short-term issue. And so the beauty of this is this goes on every week, every department, and it's to keep the flow internally in the organization constantly moving. Because how many times have you had, there's an issue going on, somebody talks about it, and then nothing's acted on, and two months mm-hmm. later, you're back talking about the same problem, right? And so what's great about that is it creates accountability, 
And the beauty of the accountability piece is that you know it's being executed, right? It's not falling on deaf ears and you're part of the process. And I was just about to say, you're, it's an all hands on deck type of a movement. So what type of feedback have you been getting from that? Actually, so what we do at the end of the year, we literally will put up all of the action items, all the to-dos, all of the issues that were accomplished throughout the company over the past year created by this, these weekly meetings. I mean, it is pages and hundreds of items. What that does is reinforce the effectiveness of what we're doing. People don't miss it. Like that's, that's not even an option, right? Uh, and they value it because they can see they are a part of the progress within the company. So is this across all departments? Is this centralized into a specific function or? No, every employee, every department, every employee has this meeting all the way down to the young lady that is involved in cleaning the plant. Wow. One of the things I think that small manufacturers, I guess it doesn't matter at what size, but these manufacturing companies that choose not to share the financial information with the employees, we share everything with our employees. They get to know our revenue. They get to know our gross margin. They get to know our income. And it is built on foundational trust. And so when you are sharing this information with your employees, that is the ultimate level of trust. When you see many of these manufacturers that choose not to share that information, there is a bit of hesitancy. Well, obviously they don't want to share that information. You know, a lot of times people feel, well, it's none of their business. Why shouldn't it be a part of their business if they're a part of trying to drive growth, process improvement, cost reductions, they get to see the success associated with that. So my suggestion would be to a lot of these companies, share this information with them. Why do you think companies would be hesitant to dive a bit deeper into the why? Is it because this is just private information and yep. they, they worry that they're going to share it to the public? We've been doing this for years. Never, not one single time have we had an issue with that. Not one. They, but they do get to see based on, let, let's say, uh, you know, our cost of quality. Here we're sharing the cost of quality is less than 1%, right? That's our, our goal. And we're performing at a half a percent. Well, we're able to show, look, our cost of quality, you know, our budget was based on 1% cost of quality. And let's just use a basic number, right? 1% on $10 million is a hundred grand. Well, it's a half a percent, so it's 50 grand. Well, that's $50,000 that is now a part of our bottom line, which is tied to our profit sharing program. So they can see how they do be directly benefit from that. I'm curious when you say you built a foundation of trust, that probably took a, a while. And that's something that has to be gained over time. If I'm a new hire coming in to TLP and you're expressing this, this culture of trust, how do you at least display that to me? So if we're interviewing you, you're going to have to take our word. Mm -hmm. When you are hired, everybody around you is going to say the exact same message. It's not as if you have one individual over here saying one thing and another individual over here saying another. It's consistent. And the proof in that to us is in the fact that we know we're consistent and where we lie from a level of trust if you go out on Glassdoor, you will see it is one comment after another. They value their employees, even individuals that have left.
like it's clear culture is the most important thing at that company. The core values of a business. I, when I worked at my last company, Tracy, that was something I hammered down every time during orientations. What are the specific values that we look to adhere to every day, whether it be our clients and our fellow colleagues? What are some of the core values that you can speak to when it comes to TLP? Uh, integrity, trust, team player, collaborative, believe it or not, fun, work-life balance. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> no, seriously. You got you to no. have a mix. You got to have a mix. Uh, I'll give you a great example. You know, I had given a young lady a review and I couldn't give her a very high mark on work-life balance because she was working way too much. Love how dedicated you are, but you need to have a work-life balance where you, you're able to enjoy life and uh, you only get one crack at it. <laughs> well, what would you say, you know, to shift gears a little bit, for someone working in an industry such as yours, what is some advice that you would give someone to help them plan for an enduring career in industry rather than seeing it simply as just a job? That question is very interesting because I feel as though it can apply to anything in life, right? Mm. What you put into it is what you get out of it, you know, whether it's whether it's college, a job, a relationship, and any of those can be fulfilling or mundane, right? Leaders take notice when an employee is inspired and wanting more. It's important, and not from an I perspective, rather from a we perspective. One of the things I would say when you're, you're, you're looking for a job and you're trying to find out if this is the career for you, I don't know if I would look at it if it's a, this is the career for me. I would look at it as is this the company for me? Because the question I would have them ask, there'd be two questions I would have them ask, you know, what's the average tenure of individuals that started their career at that company in the last 10 years? You're going to learn a lot about why aren't these people staying, right? Why don't they know that metric? They should know that metric, right? And then the other question would be, when was the last time that you ask the question to one of your employees, what can I do better as a leader? And if they can't remember the last, the last time or they're afraid to know the answer, it's probably not someone you're going to want to work for. If you could in one sentence, Tracy, if you would put on a billboard passing by on the roads, in one sentence, your personal philosophy, what would, what would it be? Well, my sales team would tell you I use this all the time, and it's, it's a quote. It's not mine. It's Mark Twain's, but his quote is, you will never go wrong by doing what's right. You can apply that to any situation. They don't want excuses. They just want the truth, and if you can provide the truth, they are happy to help, and it's amazing how much support you get when they are given the truth and ideas to help overcome whatever that obstacle is. To learn more about Tracy Tailored Label products and how to establish a company culture that helps effectively recruit and retain top talent at your industrial business, check out the links provided in the show notes of today's podcast. The Thomas Industry Update podcast is hosted by Tony Uphoff and produced by Michaela Tierney. If you'd like to share your feedback about this or any other episode, please email us at podcast at thomasnet.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, 
please take a moment to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or recommend us to a colleague. Your feedback helps us continue to advocate for industry across the airwaves. Want to get more insights on supply chain, IoT, industrial business, and more? Sign up for our Thomas Industry Update daily newsletter. With more than 300,000 subscribers, your inbox will be in good company. Subscribe now for free at thomasnet.com slash updates.